Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Hello, I'm your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations Episode 60, brought to you by AcmeScience.com. On today's episode, we cover functions, their gradients, their slopes, their intercepts, their asymptotes. Not only that, we also managed to finish with an absolutely huge question mark. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the mathematical podcast that is coming to you from the Las Vegas Valley area. You know, uh, I'm going to do that preemptively so no one can uh, break up my amazing and awesome introduction that I always give. And we got a we got a new guest in here who's already cringing. This is going to be a really, really good, solid, high quality episode of tangential mathematical fun. I really was hoping I'd come up with some sort of monologue here, but I don't. So let me just introduce uh, the first guest is a brand new guest, a person who has uh, often uh, been described as being uncomfortably close in both proximity and personality to me, Sean Breckling. Uh, the first one is definitely not true because I can never remember <laughs> being close to you. Well, what about uh, the random times it turned out that we were in the same place before we had ever met each other? Right. You're, you're inferring, though, that I was uncomfortably close oh, as I'm if sure I was like were. humping your leg, nope, which nope, certainly just, has never come close just to Just being in the same room is uncomfortably close. Oh, that's definitely not true. I brighten <laughs> anyone's day. No, no. I mean, being in the same room as me is uncomfortably close to me for anyone else. And the second guest is the official beard as of Combinations of Permutations, as well as episode 50's game show extravaganza winner, Cody Palmer. Thank you, thank you. And as far as feeling uncomfortable with you in the room, I feel like... Um Assume there was not a microphone in front of my face. I, I, well, even then, I have a kind of buffer. You know, my beard protects me from pretty much any sort of uncomfortable feelings people may uh, try and impose upon me. So I, it's weird how it works. It's almost metaphysical. Even even when I'm uh, standing over you while you're sitting in your sitting on your in your desk in the office, and I'm making lewd gestures. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. That was pretty uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. Told you. I mean, it's, it happens. That, that part of your body never needs to be that close <laughs> to my face. I'm sorry. He had his ankle close to his face. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when he's bent over like that, how is his, his head not going to be near my ankle? Okay. <laughs> See, this, this is always a game I enjoy playing. Make Cody uncomfortable talking about sex. Oh, that's really easy. He was just telling me about the guy that was leaving him notes about his car. It's the uh, he Cody owns a late seventies model Chevy Love, Love. light light utility vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a handsome vehicle, and it's, it's also uh, a light dreamy blue. It Quite is like my it is. eyes. It's got uh, let's see four wheel drive. Mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised because my truck has four wheel roll. That's a significant <laughs> improvement. Uh, 
But there was some guy with an early 80s model Chevy Love, love. that was leaving Cody some uh, some love-related notes on his notes. car. Indeed. So uh, what, what was the exact quote? What what did he want from you? Well, the after I didn't call him the first time and he left a second note <laughs> on my truck. Well, it's he said, Chevy Love. He said, and I'm quoting, including the quotes. He said, quote, we should exchange info and ideas, end quote. He wrote it in quotes. Was he quoting someone? Himself. I think he was quoting his previous <laughs> note. <laughs> you know, you know this, this is the reply section. You're supposed to write a note to him back on top of that, and he'll just think of it like an email. Ah, ah, see, yeah, no, I... Okay, so we actually, here on Combinations and Permutations, get some sort of mathematical topic every week. That, that's what we do. Uh, and so, uh, as, as this will be news to my guests, as well as uh, you two people who are currently listening to this, uh, we're going to talk about something very important that we have never talked about before that is, oddly enough, something you would probably first learn in maybe late elementary school, definitely in middle school. Uh, I don't know how we've managed to pass up on this topic. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to come up with some sort of jokey way to make you guys guess it, and I'm just sort of rambling here. So I got nothing. We're going to talk about functions today. Functions. Mm. Functions. Yeah. So what's a function? You want to like take this one, Look at me. Uh, well, you can think of a function uh, like you think of an oven. You uh, input a raw apple pie into the function, and out comes the cooked apple pie. So, uh, yeah, it's, you notice how it's a one-to-one. And, uh, well, unless it's like my oven, then you probably still get a raw apple pie. But uh, I know. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. That was awful. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was going to shoot for given two sets, a function is a subset of their cross product. Oh, Ooh. God, you nerds. Nerds. No, technically, he's just the nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you made an apple pie joke about calling you a nerd my fucking show uh so according to the wikipedia an expression wikipedia or a, a function is uh the uh, it, it expresses the idea that one quantity completely determines the value of a- another quantity which when you break it down is is your basic idea of, of a function you ha- you start with some sort of input you put it in and you get an output. It's, I mean, it's very similar to the algorithms that we talked about Indeed. last show. Indeed. Except uh, it's more strictly defined. Mm-hmm. So you, you started talking about some of the things that are inherent in the definition of a function. So I would like you to continue. Uh, as in continue how? I mean, functions, that, there's a reason they're taught at the grade school level. <laughs> well, you started out with uh, one-to-one. Oh, uh, well, yeah, you could have all, like, all kinds well, of ways you could describe different functions. But it's not actually one-to-one. You can have functions, a, are, functions do not have could, to be one-to-one. Be, Why did you even bring that up? They don't have to be one-to-one. Well, you seem to be pretty happy with the fact that they were one-to-one a no, second ago. No, Yeah, until I thought about it. <laughs> uh, <sighs> well, they, there's all kinds of ways you can describe them. So, uh, injective, surjective. Uh, no, no, basic function. What are some of the rules that functions have to have? Cody. Since he does not seem um, to actually know anything. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, well, let, let's hear it. Uh, every function has to be well-defined. Okay. So what does well-defined mean? That means that if you put a number into the function, you're going to get 
one or if you put, put one value into the function put a value from the domain of from the, the function. domain so uh, i guess we should actually uh, cover that it, when you have a function it you have an input set which is the domain and the function will map an element from the domain onto the range right so that's or true. into the range if we're going to be technical yeah into into <laughs> the range okay you chide me for not being technical you over fuck there off. <laughs> wow seriously he managed to last like five minutes into an episode before I mute him. So, okay, now now continue on with All what right. you're saying. Uh, a, a function, and as they uh, teach it uh, at the lower levels, is that when you put one value from the domain in, you should get one value from the domain out. It's a... Um, the range. Out. Yeah, or one value from the range. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> is... Uh, you should get it out. So, like, you shouldn't put in a one and then get a two and a three out. Uh, or a two or a three. The rule has to be well defined that if you put in this number, you're so going to get this. If you put in a raw out. apple pie, you get out an apple pie and a pizza. That would be wrong. <laughs> that <Yeah>. would be <laughs> awesome. That would not be wrong. That would be the greatest thing ever. Oh my god! That like I want to somehow define that. <laughs> oh. uh, in, and the reason I came on to doing this is I I was uh, poking around on Wikipedia earlier today trying to find a topic for us uh, and. I stumbled on graphs, which is something that I, I tend to go to on Wikipedia a lot because I do graph theory work. And then I'm like, well, what about normal graphs? Because all of a sudden I realized we've never talked about the graphs that everyone think of. You know, your parabola, your cubic graph. Mm -hmm. And I, I went on there and the, and the graph page was actually for graph for a function. And, and the idea that it's well defined in that way that for every uh, element in the domain, there's at most, well, there's exactly one element mm -hmm. uh, in the range that it maps on into. Mm. Uh, and, and that's that's the idea of the vertical line test mm -hmm. from the graph of a function. So if, if you graph out a function, functions are almost exclusively, at least the ones we'll be talking about today are exclusively, uh, you know, algebraic expressions. I guess, I guess we can call them that. I mean, there are other functions. There's truth, truth value functions in logic. But let's just let's just stick with the algebraic functions. Uh, if you graph those uh, where the x value is the element from your domain and the y value uh, is the corresponding element from the range, if you draw a vertical line through your graph, it should not intersect the function at well, it should intersect at exactly one spot. Mm -hmm. I was going to say more at, at, at most one spot, but then I realized if you somehow manage to define a uh, a function that somehow only covers a small part of the x-axis, it's really not as much fun. It's not much fun at all. Well, at actually. any point in the domain. Well, I'm, I'm being incredibly technical. This is a very technical yeah. and, well, and non-jokey podcast. Yeah. Is this because we've all actually taught this to students before? Yeah. That's, <laughs> except for when I teach it, they learn it. <laughs> when they listen to you over there, it's all... Yeah, all technical and jargony. I can see why someone would need to be retaught this at freshman and sophomore level college if they've had a well, bunch it, of guys like you since sixth ex grade. Except, except, <laughs> I would not. I do not teach it this way. This would be an awful way of teaching it. Uh, Just I'm, refer them to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, go listen to the podcast. I say fuck a lot. <laughs> You'll probably fucking like it. Uh, no, no, no. I, I want to get not away. In that order. Uh, I want to I want to get away from the the jargony approach that I have taken so far because as she said it's an awful awful thing and I, I'm willing to admit that even though I am clearly the best person in this room. Uh, 
And so you were talking about something before I decide to interrupt and go into the strictest possible definitions. <laughs> Um, well, we were talking about the, the vertical line test. That's, that's you have to have uh, that in order for it to be considered a function rather than just a relation. Um, and then, as we were talking about before, a function can have some other properties. It can be one-to-one uh, or onto, which reflects uh, if you have a domain and a range, then if every element of the domain is mapped to some element in the range, it's one-to-one, mapped to a single element. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, the definition you gave was just onto. Oh. If it covers all of the range, then it's onto. If it goes to exactly, uh, each element of the domain goes to a different element of the range, it's one-to-one. Right. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. What about you, Sean? You have anything to add? Since you're poo-pooing my non-apple pie metaphor style of talking about this. I poo-poo nothing. That is a... That is a phrase beneath me. <laughs> it, it, really? This, 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 this is how you're going to approach this. This is how you're going to fucking approach this. God. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, functions. Let's, what are some fun functions? Let's look at it that way. Well, there's the, the easiest function, the constant function. This is true. Every value of the domain is mapped to a single element of the range. Those are very nice functions. They exhibit almost any quality you want, except for variation. Hmm. So, what are some less easy, some less fun? Like a, what? I think the the most oh, oh, son of a way. bitchy function I can think of. I think. Oh, go ahead. By the oh, way. oh no no go go. Oh talk, no, talk I was, about I was, your son of a bitchy function. Uh, the Riemann zeta function. Yes, that is a very complicated function. I don't understand pretty much anything other than the one half ley line from the Riemann zeta. So, don't don't really have anything to say about it, in all honesty. No. Or the Navier-Stokes functions. You know, there's a lot of functions that can win well, you a million dollars. Well, it's well they're, really no, 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 they're Navier-Stokes equations. Equations, Sorry. yes. Yeah. That, that must be another podcast when we talk about equations. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have never actually spoken about equations. <laughs> that could be a... Uh, does, do either of you know who coined the term function? Who was the first person to use the term function for what we now think of them as? I mean, what, Cauchy or Gauss? I'll go for Leibniz just because. Booyah! We have another win on wow. Cody knowing random trivia, as well as another piece of proof that Newton fucking licks my balls. <laughs> Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz is awesome, amazing, and wonderful, as we have, we have covered multiple times in this podcast. And just another reason he's better than Newton, he termed, uh, he termed, the term term the term coined the term something the term whatever he did he did it a hell of a lot clearer <laughs> than what you're doing <laughs> function uh which is which is awesome um and jacob bernoulli uh had the following statement by 1718 uh, or Jacob Bernoulli by 1718 had come to regard a function as any expression made up of a variable and some constants. Euler, during the mid-18th century, used the word to describe an expression or formula involving variables and constants. So, uh, so Leibniz is the one who coined it, and Euler is apparently the one who uh, fully described the version that we're talking about today, which is why he is, uh, just like Cody's beard, the official mathematician of combinations and permutations. See, I thought it would be Erdos because the name is combinations and permutations. Erdos, Erdos <laughs> is is pretty awesome, but Euler is an elite by himself. 
Oh, absolutely. Wrote 52 papers in a year while I don't, he was blind. I don't think this show is good enough for Euler. So let's <laughs> <laughs> And mute number two for Mr. Breckling. That's amazing because I think Sean has been muted more in his first episode than I've ever been muted. I think he's been the... muted once. Yeah. I think I muted you once. Other than like intro mutes. Right. Which don't really count because, you know, those are, those are to everyone. So, uh, you know, since... Honestly, we've talked about as much about uh, functions themselves as we're uh, probably going to, uh, just because it, there's not, I mean, there's a lot of different theories within, but there are theories that we've already talked about, you know, such as calculus. Mm -hmm. You need functions to deal with calculus, uh, need them in various different forms of analysis as well, which of course are closely tied to calculus. But the graphs of functions contain a lot of interesting things with them, such as the slope. True fact. True fact. So who wants to tell me about the slope of a function? Are we talking about the slope at a point or? Uh, let's uh, slope overall. Okay. Well, whenever I, in trig, the trig class I teach, uh, I always or go back to slope when slope I Slope of tangents. a line. Yeah. So, yeah. But when I teach tangents and I go about, when I, when I explain on the triangle that the tangent's opposite over adjacent, I go right back to a y equals mx plus b line, and I show them yeah. that the slope is so, a tangent line. Yeah, so let's assume that we have a function uh, whose graph is expressed in a line. How would you find the slope of that function? Rise over run. Oh, you want, you want, okay, okay. <laughs> so we could talk about like more so like gradients and stuff like that. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get into it, fucker. Well, you, we, uh, you seem like you wanted more out of that. You just, yeah. we, we take, we take, and it doesn't have to be, you can just take uh, two points on the graph, uh, take their, the change of height divided by the change of length, and that gives you the slope of the line. Okay, and then how about if you're trying to find a a slope at a point uh, for a, a function that whose graph is not a line? Well, then you use something like the uh, like the not the mean value theorem. Uh, you could just use the derivative, couldn't yep, you? Well, the, yeah, but what I'm saying is like the, the literally the, the definition of the point. derivative. How you uh, different you, function? Yeah, so you take a, a finite interval. Uh, around the point you want to approximate and then just evaluate the function at the beginning at the end of the interval and then take the difference that difference is going to be your uh, rise and then well the size of the interval is going to be the run and as you make the run smaller and smaller yeah. around your point eventually you're going to converge to if it's if the slope is not you know weird or infinity or something yeah then yeah so assuming that it's not infinity yeah. I mean, it's something that we can actually find or that it's a smooth function smooth function yes that's that's that definition see i, I would see now you're throwing around the jargon that's not jargon like if you have a if you have like a the, a point atop of a triangle that that whole thing i just talked about wouldn't work well but i think smooth has a very nice definition Smooth is what I am with the ladies. That's well, actually, actually not true. Smooth in analysis, <laughs> we uh, we could smooth out a function with convolution, which is exactly what you just did in a very convoluted way. Like and you know what, Sam? <laughs> what do you know? I may be very smooth with the ladies. When have you seen me in action? Uh, That's not the direction you probably want to go with this argument, Cody. I'm just saying. When have uh, you seen me in action? Well, <laughs> well, once again, we all know about the surveillance camps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and two, uh, there there were a few times that there was there was a lady that that you were were trying to you know uh, talk to a bit uh, who you did bring out to the softball games. 
Wait, when actually, was this? Actually, I didn't bring okay. her. I didn't well, bring but, her out. But she was definitely there. Yes. And I definitely did see you speaking mm-hmm. with her. Uh, smooth. Maybe not. Uh, I mean, uh, definitely comfortable. Definitely velvety. Confident. Velvety. That's a word we could use. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Thank you, Sean. Wow. That's, that's really cool of you, actually. Yeah, but but when you're rubbing the velvet back against the grain. Yeah. This oh. Is, ooh. Wait, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was you. You were clearly confident. There was nothing wrong with your approach, but it was not the prototypical smooth approach. Nor, nor do I think most people should go for that because that just no. makes you look slightly smarmy. So you're saying I wasn't like James Bond right then? James Bond is not is not he's a not smooth operator. No, no, no. He's a, he's a man with swagger. That's a huge difference. He might be suave. I would give James Bond a suave. Svelte. 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 I would yes. give him a suave and a svelte. Okay. Especially when he's wearing a velvet tuxedo. I don't know about a velvet tuxedo, no. <laughs> velvet that, dinner jacket? Do they make velvet tuxedos? Oh, they definitely make velvet dinner jackets. Oh, or, well, yeah, but Hugh Hefner wears one. <laughs> that's actually, that's a, that's a bathrobe at this point. Like. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're thinking of Hugh's smoking jacket. Ah, yes. How could no. I have mixed those but up? No, no. I mean, a, a velvet, <laughs> like a velvet jacket is something that you can wear. The purple ones are actually quite nice. I have seen a comedian Paul F. Tompkins perform in one. I'm shocked you don't own two. I really wish I had a velvet jacket, but sadly, to get a good one, those are expensive. Because mm. they, they're not made very often. You tend to actually have to go get those tailored themselves. Yeah, that is part of my aesthetic vision. Yeah, that's also supply and demand. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Velvet. Velvet. Okay. Yes. Uh, so Black, other things about velvet. Velveteen rabbits. Black velvet was Paintings. one of my was one of my favorite songs when also, I was a kid. My ex girlfriend's karaoke song. That's really awkward. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So gradients. You brought up gradients. What the fuck is a gradient? What does it have to do with functions? Okay. Uh, think of a function where your domain is a is a. A domain is of higher you, degree you, than you one. You can assume that people are listening to this are interested in math. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> so uh, your domain is at least a plane or higher. The gradient is going to be, well, let's, let's just for the sake of argument say it's just two-dimensional plane. And you have some function defined over it. Uh, you could think of like a, a topography map. If you look down on a bunch of mountains and you see lines that are closer together, you you infer from looking at it that there's this really steep slope on that side of a hill or something. That's, that's actually the gradient would be, it's a, so it's kind of your, your multidimensional slope. Right. So if you think of think of a, think of a, a plane in three space, cutting three space, you have uh, the same, you can actually write a point, uh, a slope intercept form, for that, it'll be Y, or I'm sorry, Z is equal to M1X plus M2Y plus some, well, you could say B, where M1 and M2 are your two different slopes on your different uh, independent axes. Right. So that the, those two slopes, actually, you'll be able, you can actually just define, you can, your gradient is going to be the, the slope in any direction you choose from there. And it's easy to define if you have two slopes on a plane, but that's... Yeah, that's well. The one thing about gradients, there's got a lot of there's, there's just a lot going on there. Uh, I don't know anything about it. That's not exactly my area. Uh, slopes aren't <laughs> no, no gradients aren't. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with slopes. Well, you uh, took Calc three, didn't you? Yeah, I took Calc three at eight o'clock four years ago. 
five five years wow. ago. I assumed everyone that's a graduate student in math should be an expert on at least ODEs. <laughs> like why that intro has, level ODEs. That has nothing least. to do with my area whatsoever. Well, I do. I think it would be embarrassing if, if, a, if an undergrad came in, just knocked on the door, "Hey, can you help me with these ODEs?" And if I wouldn't, if I didn't know how to do it, I'd feel embarrassed to be in my office at that time. I, why can you answer a bunch of things about graph theory? Because I can answer the basics. I mean, I've yeah. I've taken an ODE class. I don't remember oh. it. I mean, I I took it. I I'm not know. I'm not judging. I'm oh yeah, no no. <laughs> I, I'm a very conversant in Latka Volterra equations. Mm. Uh, so I know predator prey systems. I know other modeling stuff. I can make a mean bowl of chili. <laughs> Okay. Wow, that cha- that change of subject just gave me whiplash. <laughs> I really want to mute you right now. I do. That I, I that was hacky. That was very hacky. You, you, I think you should apologize to everybody listening. I'm sorry that I put you through that. Um, don't sue the podcast. It's not Sam's fault. I, I actually met all Sam's life. lawyer, Saul Fictionstein. He. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, so so when we look at when we look at graphs of function, let's go back into our x and y uh, Cartesian coordinate grid here. Um, what are some of the the specific points when one looks at a graph of a function that you might be interested in? Uh, points where they intercept the axes. Yeah, y intercepts and x intercepts. And why why would those be important? Uh, well, they're the roots of the polynomial equations. Um, or they're the roots of the uh, the x-intercepts are the roots of the equations, um, and those are uh, those are interesting. Um, Whether or not the function is increasing or decreasing, uh, local well, and global those, max and min. Yeah, there we go. The uh, the uh, otherwise known as the critical points. Ah, yeah. See. I know some things sometimes. Actually, I, I have the Wikipedia page open. Uh, <laughs> That's even more embarrassing. <laughs> no, no, I, ser- I search for a bunch of things about this before the episode. I'm, I'm sorry, you don't know this. And so I just, so uh, I know some of the things to bring up. Mm-hmm. But, and so the critical points are, are the cusps or the local max and mins. And uh, how can you tell, how can you find a critical point if you don't have the full graph in front of you? What are one of the ways that you can actually find these critical points? Uh, where the derivative is equal to zero. Yep. Which implies what about the slope at that point? Uh, that it is horizontal. Yes. Which is uh, a slope of zero. 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 Yes. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, like, I, I don't know why you didn't just say zero there. Well, I felt like, you know, because I said that the derivative was equal to zero. And we had just talked about how the derivative was the slope of the graph at the point. So. Well, actually, I don't think we said that. I think we just said one way to find that is the derivative. We never oh. defined how to use the derivative oh. to define, to define all, it. All right. All right. All right. Um, uh, also, can't where the derivative is undefined be yes. a potential max or min? It can. True fact. So hey, you well, get the a- Sean Breckling seal of approval. The true fact. <laughs> I see a Photoshop there somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please do it. Uh, we haven't had a Photoshop in quite a while, Code. Uh, oh, I missed some of those Nathan ones. Maybe now that he... We might we might be able to someday get him back on. He's still around. Uh, oh, uh, yes. Loyal uh, combinations and permutations listeners. Uh, Nathan Rowe did actually graduate, uh, which is why he has not been on an episode in quite a while. That's actually not true. That's not why. The, the true reason is is because he has a he's a job, which is 
even bigger deal than graduating. <laughs> well, well, no, no. But the reason he hasn't been on is because he did graduate and moved out of the apartment. Oh, well, see, so you weren't there to attack him. Please. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. Just be like, me. hey, uh, Nathan, I need you to come in this other room. Yeah. Uh, that would be cool. Mm. Yeah. I, I can't do that anymore. But yes, uh, Nathan, Nathan did uh, get a job as well. Uh, we were talking about critical points, I believe. It's a critical point in his life. The uh, hack. Oh come on! That, that, like, <laughs> like I, I, I was. It's it's fine. Just put it back. It's back. Uh, the uh, there was a, uh, a a podcast I listened to. Uh, if people who've really dug back in the archives of combinations and permutations might remember me talking about a Canadian podcast called Boiled Dinner with uh, Chet Friendly, Jesse Jesse, and Wilferdale the Robot. Well, Jesse Jesse and Wilferdale the Robot have a actual radio show called Am I Right? And they recently had a live one at a at a place where uh, they were they were hosting a actual stand up comedy show where Sam Cummings have to come up and do completely new material. That's the shtick of the show. But they also have a button there. If anyone hears someone doing material they've already heard, they get to hit it, and it's the easy button, and it says that was easy in a very sarcastic voice. I kind of wish I had that here. Be like, nope, that was easy. That was easy. <laughs> Is it a am I right with all one word? Like A-M-I-R-I-T-E? No. Uh, that's am? how the, that's the internet. I didn't, no, no, I deliberately no. misspelled it. That's internet lingo. Am I no, right? No, this is, <laughs> am I right, people? Am I right? It's a, uh, they interview oh, they, comedians. Ah. Uh, and there are two question marks at the end. Am I write question mark question mark. It's a really good show. Go on iTunes, listen to it. I hear good things. Yeah. Uh, so critical point. What's something? Oh, oh, my favorite thing about graphs of functions: two-dimensional graphs of functions. It starts with an A, ends in an E. Asymptote. Yes. The first harmony of the day. That was nice. Yeah. Why might I find asymptotes so fun? Because you like to draw dotted lines. Okay, that's a lot of dead air there, Code. Um, I'm, 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 I'm struggling to find a reason why they're more interesting than any other feature of a I'm, function. I'm attempting to be the functions you. undefined there. <laughs> I'm running, oh. I'm running my Sam simulation. That is really right dangerous, now. dude. You don't swear. If you start becoming me, your mouth is going to get vulgar. Yeah, no, I'm trying to run my Sam simulations now to figure out. Okay, why it's, you. it's really easy. It's it's really it's clear and obvious. Sam likes to divide by zero, even though he's told not to. Nope. I've, I've got nothing. It's called asymptote. It's uh. the most fun word to say. Asymptote. 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 Yeah, I always throw that, that, that P and T together there. Like, can we break that up a little bit by a vowel? Like. Asymptote. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're right. That tote is a is a fun, tote. Like I always got a kick out of totenkopf. When you first like started saying that it was that uh, you like to say it, I assumed it was just because ass is the first syllable. No, that was originally <laughs> uh, because before before I knew how it was properly spelled, I thought it was asymptote. No p asymptote, which is still really fun to say because ass and tote. It's just ass tote. Like that would, I'm I'm totally fine. I want an ass tote now. Uh, you can actually name some of the ass like. Marigold tote. So the middle initial, like ASM tote. That would that would, that would be pretty <laughs> solid. No, except I would need a, a ass marigold Percival tote. Yeah, ASM tote. Aston Martin Porsche tote. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Terrible. Now that's silly. <laughs> uh, Should edit that whole thing out. That's garbage. Nope. 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 I don't edit that. That is that. That would be easy. Uh, I need people to see clearly how dumb we are. I mean, uh, I mean, really, Marigold is a middle name. I'm, just I'm, saying, I'm okay with Marigold. I just picked name. an M. I, I could have gone Michael. I could have. I could have used Miller, which is mine. Miller. Miller. Yes. All right. Let's take a second here and remind the audience that Sam Samuel is from Miller Hansen is from Wisconsin, the home of Miller Brewing <laughs> Company. So were your parents drunk, Sam? <laughs> my father has not had a sip of alcohol since he was eight years old. So no, my mom eight years old, eight years old. That's a very funny memory to have. <laughs> As his father had a bar, uh, and and so my middle name actually comes because it's my mother's uh, maiden name as well as her. Uh, actual just regular last name because she didn't change her name when she uh, was married. Uh, did you, uh, were you related in any way, shape, or form to the Millers of the no. Miller Brewing Company? No, no, that we are an East Coast family on the Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> yes, uh, Green Bay Packers. Woo! Yes. Go Ooh. Pack, go. Uh, Packers gonna pack. <laughs> Oh, and even better, uh, we are hosted at AcmeScience.com, and the Packers' original full name was the Acme Packers. True. Most Owned interesting, the, most I, interesting team in the NFL. Ice Packing Company. Yeah. The, uh, they're the only publicly owned team in the NFL. Yep. This is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And, also, and the original Super Bowl champions. Very first and second. And second. Yes, the the first team to ever win more 30th. than one. Yeah, thirty uh, something wasn't it? I think it was thirty. Was it straight thirtieth? I don't know. Uh, let's ask him. He might remember because his team lost. No. Yes, they did. It was. It was. <laughs> I think we have just. I think Cody is getting up out of his chair. Cody, put your oh my pants God, he's, on. He's, 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 Cody. he's running out. He's running out. Cody, Man, he just slammed the fucking door. But he I took did it. not expect this from Cody. Why you were mad about the door? I was mad. He took his pants off. What the heck is going for a man on? with a beard that thick? He has an amazingly smooth ass. No, I didn't look that far. I was you, with no hair whatsoever. Not even in the crack. I just feel shame for knowing this happened. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, did, did you see the full front? I didn't see the frontal at all. I only saw the rear as he walked out the door. No, I, I, I don't know what I saw. Oh, that was that was odd. You know, I've I've been told that witnesses in crimes are actually very unreliable, and now I know why. Yeah, you, I, you don't you don't actually want to remember, do you? I don't. Okay, so asymptotes. What is an asymptote, Cody? Just what he, he walked. He walked back in the room. His pants are on now. Right, his right, asymptotes yeah. covered. <laughs> And that's not hacky. No, no, no. That was solid. That was solid work. Okay. That was like the fourth high five of this episode. We are a high five. We're a high fiving sort of bunch. Um, okay. An asymptote is a line on the graph in which uh, the function can get arbitrarily close to, but not intersect. Okay. Like when you think when you think of a asymptote like once what's one of the first one that kind of pops actually, into your head that's actually not true you can have oblique asymptotes where you do it no no and we're not talking about oblique asymptotes we're talking well, about there's asymptotes. still asymptotes 
No, they're oblique asymptotes. But the word asymptote is there. <laughs> yeah, but it's only so, half of the word. No, it's not. It's there. O- the word oblique asymptotes. That, that's, that's not a word. The thing. That, Sorry. Those are two Sorry. words. That's half of the thing. It's half, half of the, the noun. Name. Half of the name. It's half of the... Okay, continue, Cody. And you I agreed actually, with you. No, right. you, you can... There's asymptotes that you can... You can intersect asymptotes all the time, like a sine of x divided by x. You have both a vertical and a horizontal asymptote because you bounce above and below your asymptote, which is... okay. Okay, an asymptote is a line at which, for some uh, value uh, beyond that, the lo- uh, you do not get you get arbitrarily close to the line, but do not intersect it for some value. You you do it. Some, you can okay, intersect okay. though. Here, let's let's let the source and font of all knowledge in the universe clear this up. Quoting from the Wikipedia article. In analytical geometry, an asymptote of a curve is a line such that the distance between the curve and the line approaches zero as they tend to infinity. Some sources include the requirement that the curve may not cross the line infinitely often, but this is unusual for modern authors. In some contexts, such as algebraic geometry, an asymptote is defined as a line which is tangent to a curve at infinity. Hmm. So it can cross, but that's not as you go to infinity. Okay, it's actually a tangential at infinity. That's interesting. I like that. Like the, uh, well, I'm just saying, you, we would have to break out a delta epsilon here. No, and, uh, no, no. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's essentially what it is. It's convergence. Yeah. So, it, so, so I mean, yeah, I mean, that's actually a decent way of thinking about it is that it's converging to that value, but not really getting there. I mean, it, as you go to infinity. What was it? The Zane's theorem? What happens yeah. at infinity stays at infinity? Yes. I like that. So it we allows can, you to assume like every solution of a PDE is stable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's awful. Okay. So, uh. When you think, like, what are some of the asymptotes that really, like, when, when I say the word asymptote, what kind of pops into your head? Dividing by zero. Dividing by zero? Okay. Well, uh, I was at, convergence is exactly what comes in my head. That's what it. graphs? I'm thinking of specific oh, oh. functions. Oh, one, that, over, one over x. One over x, and that has the asymptote at zero, zero. itself. Mm-hmm. You see, you lack vision. How about tangent x, where you have lots of asymptotes? I, uh, I was, that's one of the ones that really pops into my head. Uh, uh, natural log or the log function is another one that really comes into mind. It, uh, as it goes to a negative infinity, it... Right, it approaches... It, uh, interestingly but enough... But as it approaches... As, as you go to zero, it approaches negative oh, yes, infinity. Oh, yes, yeah. I had a student point this out to me, and I've never been able to get out of my head. If you look at the graph of negative one over x squared, it, it sort of comes from from the side and then down to the center. Looks like a thong. And I, I never saw that myself, but I had a student be like, oh, Actually, that's the thong graph. And, and, so, and it's no. slightly unrelated, but definitely uh, similar in your argument. I did a one of my, part of my undergrad thesis is on wavelets. And when we had to calculate uh, all of the all of the coefficient terms, like your coordinates using a wavelet basis. And instead of using numbers in an array for coordinates, you just use like a histogram of colors. So because there were so many of them, it was ridiculous. But I, when I did the, when I approximated uh, the derivative of arctan, when I approximated it, it actually looks like a butt. It does. It looks like someone took and sat on. Oh, it does. I've seen. I've seen that graph before. <laughs> it really does. It, it looks like someone sat on a, a Xerox machine in the math department. Only that one. 
will it work? You sit on it, you take the Xerox, and you actually have the wavelet coefficients for arc tan, the derivative of arc tan of x. One over one plus x squared, I think, yeah. Huh. I forget, yeah, that's right, that's what it is. Looks like a butt. It does, I could show you sometime. So uh, what we need to do is superimpose <laughs> the thong graph on the butt graph. Right. We need to figure out how this can work. So that way we can, you know, because there's no indecency in mathematics or no bad words like angle side side, you know, none of this happens. So we need to figure a way to make the FCC all right with mathematics. Yet again. <laughs> uh, no, one, one thing I kind of like about that whole idea is because I get to talk about something else that I've been meaning to. And that's one thing is with functions, especially when you start studying their graphs, you can really start studying the idea of kind of base functions, which is an idea, uh, not a term that is actually out there. But it's kind of the idea that you can break a function down into its most basic thing, say uh, 3x squared plus 9. In order to actually graph that function, f of x equals that, you only really have to look at first f of x squared. And then you can start uh, modifying that function by uh, first, uh, in this case, you would first uh, translate it to the... You just complete the square, figure out what your shift is, and figure yeah. out what your y-intercept is. Yeah. Well, no, no, that's what I'm saying. It, it, that was one that would be pretty easy to deal with. Or your but center. Yeah. 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 And then you, you can shift the function, and then you figure out it's your expanding it when you multiply by something greater than one. Those are very special cases for very special simple functions like polynomials and yeah, but I mean, stuff it's, that's predictable it's something and that you, pleasant. Yeah, but, the, but that you learn in, you know, earlier on in function. And I think that that's a very interesting idea. And you can, I think you can, well, I think you can do it with elementary functions as a whole. Not necessarily simple functions because you can well, do yeah, it with sine. Well, yeah, well, any function where you have, or any, any or any composition of simple functions. Yeah. But, uh, but look at something like uh, like the I'm going to say it like you want me to say it, the Dirichlet function. <laughs> Dirichlet, uh, not but not, yes. not like it. So imagine like some like guy from like so yeah, some guy from rural Kentucky like talking about Colorado, like, Colorado. So be like, oh, the Dirichlet function. Mm. <laughs> so that one, yeah, I guess you can shift it. You can shift yeah. it all day. You, you just move the rationals elsewhere. Yeah. You <laughs> shift the rationals. Invent a new zero. It's rational with respect yeah. to X minus pi. There you go. Like you're good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, think, I think that the, uh, the ability of functions to kind of be translated in that way, specifically their graphs, make them quite powerful for use in a lot of things. Well, it's kind of the point of a function because the graph is just something we invented anyway. It just We could, we could stretch it out cram it down make it thin fat tall i don't know you can do all these things Short. to it a fine transformations we could talk about that i have no idea what they are cody take it away sean what is an a fine transformation well it's well it's I, it's an a fine transformation like ah, you can map yes. a there's not really even a map but you could show that there are using an a fine transformation you can it's a very easy way to map one set to another. Like you can show using a basic complex, uh, using the basic complex plane, just some simple algebra to show that a line is in fact a circle. No, it's not. It's a line. No, a line is a circle that meets an infinity in a simple affine transformation. Oh, no, 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 if you no, no, no. Now, one now was. you're in fucking complex analysis. A simple affine transformation will show it to you, Sam. It's exactly. In fact, their equations are identical. They just have different coefficients. I'm dead serious. Cody knows this. Mm. Yeah, despite my best efforts to forget it. 
I think that was one of the most interesting things in undergrad math was learning how to do that. I'm pretty sure I never learned that in undergrad math. Did you take complex analysis? Not in undergrad. Weird. Why is, why is I don't know. that weird? I, that was like, it was practically like required at, at Milwaukee. Yeah, but I mean, it depends on what school you're at. We did yeah. not have a person who was known for doing it. So didn't, I mean, the class was offered once every two years. You could take yeah. it as one of your elective credits. We called it like the Haley's Comet of math classes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so I do, I do have a question. What is your favorite function? Not, not like weird functions like we were talking about before, but your actual favorite function. That's a good way to stump any mathematician. It's right? <laughs> like define a new variable and you're out of letters. Uh, <laughs> hat. Just, I, I love using hat as a variable. The hat function. Well, no, just, no, no, not the hat function. Just draw a hat in, oh. for a variable. Wow. Well, you know, it's in, really easy to draw. Like, I mean, it doesn't take any more time. Like, that's how long X takes. It's it's like twice as much time as it takes to write X. Yeah, but, but then you have to assume that it's related to X. In but some that way. looks like an omega. No, omega has a curve. Sam's actually not aware how radio works. <laughs> he imagines everyone can see this, and uh, that's, a, that's a shame. Okay, shut up, person who's on the show for the first time on the 60th episode. I'm actually quite well aware. <laughs> Yet he had, to, he had to tell you guys he was aware. <laughs> no, I have to tell you. It has nothing to do with the listeners. I don't fucking care about them. Your dignity's on the line, Sam. <laughs> So you got favorite something? Function? I, I would I would say that my favorite functions are sine and thus cosine because sine and cosine are really kind of the same function. Just translated, really. Yeah. So I, I like those. You can do a lot with them. Uh, Fourier series stuff like that. True you can fact. approximate. Uh, you can approximate other functions as just infinite sums of sines and cosines, which is it's really cool. I really like. Uh, I, I like functions that are similar to delta functions in a way. Uh, like, uh, what is Sam doing? Anyway, uh, functions that I, I really, uh, when I, I was in the military before I became a math grad, I learned a lot about signals. I learned a lot about radio equipment. And so that I was naturally drawn to stuff that would approximate, that, that you can use to approximate functions. Like uh, using, uh, knowing that continuous functions that have, uh, continuous functions on bounded intervals that have a finite integral. So you, you can, you can approximate these functions with, uh, you, th these, these set of functions create a vector space. So you can actually find basis, a basis of these vector space, a Hilbert space in a way. So you can mm. find it's these basic functions. I think that are my favorite, uh, Fourier series is actually an example of, uh, if you, you can approximate, you know, between any closed bounded interval, uh, oh, any closed bounded interval, we think of like negative one to one as a simple example, but you can use a sine and cosine to approximate any function, any periodic, for any non-periodic for that matter, but you could approximate a function like that and using uh, what Sam doesn't understand yet, but an affine transformation, you I'm can sure transform. I'm sure I knew it at some point. I, <laughs> I tend to forget things. You can transform and make it as wide as you want, any interval. And uh, those umbrellas are my favorites. The, uh, Basis okay. basis of Hilbert spaces, I think are, I find the most interesting. You know, I, I was I was gonna say uh, just for me, it's just a strict parabola. I love x squared. I, I don't know why. There's just something about just 
f of x equals x squared that makes me a very happy person so if you're thinking about x fourth do you feel dirty because you're cheating on x squared no it's kind of double the fun what is what does x squared think about that though i well it's it's <laughs> it's just me and x squared x squared so x squared's okay with it x squared squared yeah yeah well it's x no, squared no, times yeah, x squared I, yes i'm aware yeah i'm just saying or you know. x squared Two x squared squared, which is not true uh, in all of those situations. Mm. Well, actually, no, it is. Uh, never mind. I, I don't. I don't care. Inter- uh, interestingly enough, if you have uh, a piece of paper with a proper parabola written on it, you can construct a thirteen gon wow. with a straight edge and compass. I did not. I did not know that. But I, it just. I mean, parabolas in general are just really cool. I mean, uh, it's it's something that I actually share a bit with uh, mathematician Steven Strogatz, uh, who's I interviewed a while ago for Strongly Connected Components, uh, and in he actually started to realize how interesting math was when he started to realize that parabolas show up everywhere. everywhere. Second harmony. That's nice. Yeah. But. Uh, I, I think the geometry of conic sections in general is actually really fascinating. Another thing, a throwback to the old military stuff again. All the radio antennas we used had were, were parabolic antenna, antennas, yeah. where the where the receiver, the collector, uh, was the focus. Mm. And I actually brought string and stuff in when I was teaching it last semester uh, to, to create an ellipse where you can find the two foci, or and. Uh, you ever been to the... Oh, guys, uh, also fun to say. Have you... Uh, <laughs> either of you ever been to the Smithsonian? Yeah. A long time ago, though. I don't so know So have you I ever been remember. to the Whisper Room in the Smithsonian? I was, I was at the Central California version of that. It's yes, so it's interesting. Yeah. You just... Like, you've, you... Any two people, uh, you walk into the Whisper Room, and you stand on the two... Because fo- you're standing in an ellipse. You stand on the two foci, and we just look... You're really far away, but you barely whisper and it's going to sound like someone is screaming in your ear. Now, I don't think I could do that because I don't think I can whisper that quietly. Well, <laughs> you're going to kill the other person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now, the, now, the reason I said uh, I was going to say that was because I just looked up a list of functions. And my ideas have changed because there are some amazingly named functions out there. Know nothing about them, but... Let's find the funniest. Uh, well, I was, I, mean, I was gonna. Uh, there's pentation, mm. tetration, the Lamey function, which I'm sure has something to do with very slinky uh, undergarments. Makes uh, sense. Eh? Makes sense. The mm. Mittag Leffler function. I just like saying Mittag and Leffler. That sounds like that sounds like like a like a corporate attorney. Firm. Like, <laughs> what is the function of Mittag Leffner? How about the, the synchrotron function? Ooh, I like that. Synchrotron. Uh, and then uh, possibly my favorite one of the ones that I saw, Minkowski's question mark function. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Maybe. a function where the derivatives vanish on the rationals. Or it vanish how? It goes uh, I don't zero. know. It, like, it's, it's very sure. I don't have enough time to go through the Wikipedia oh, page no. right now. Like, I'd, I'd be... Minkowski's yeah. question mark no, function. It's, it's Vanish is a very badly used word in math a lot of times. Sometimes yeah. it means go to zero. Sometimes it means, con, you know, diverges asymptotically. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I, it's, it's between the question mark function and the synchrotron function for me. Wow. Uh, Mittag Leffler is, is fun to say because Mittag and Leffler are both fun to say uh 
But I, I know I know that they show up somewhere else as well. Uh, they they were famous for doing some Metag- sort of yeah, work. the, the Leffler. Oh no, no, not some. That was one person. Oh. Gosta Mitag Leffler. Uh, the ghost Swedish. of. <laughs> uh, go, actually, it's Gosta, but uh, ah, there's a like, lot over the. No, o. that's like let's like learning that Gouda cheese is not pronounced Gouda; it's pronounced Hauda. Hauda. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, this one this one might be pronounced Hasta. Uh, Mitag Leffler. <laughs> the Swede. Uh, 1846 to 1927. Uh, but, yeah, Mittag Leffler. I wish my last name was Mittag Leffler. That's one last name? Uh, hmm. It's a, it's a guy's last name. But Minkowski's question mark function. Like, that's awesome, right? That That is. Like it, I'd, well, I mean, the Minkowski's theorem is just uh, Cauchy-Schwartz uh, for more for higher degrees than two. So uh, the, the Cauchy-Schwartz equations, which anyone who takes basic linear algebra is going to see, those... Uh, oh, and and it's also defined... Uh, okay, no, continue. Was, yeah. uh, anyway, the Cauchy's... They're, they're just a special condition uh, for uh, a straight, uh, regular Euclidean norm, but it's for a degrees... Any degree, as opposed to degrees equal to just two. That's the Minkowski's theorem. So okay. Uh, yeah. Now, one thing we have not mentioned about functions is that certain special functions uh, have their own definition. I've been saying f of x a lot. That is the function as determined by x. Uh, and for certain functions, they have their own sort of like there's phi of x. Is right. Uh, which one is that? Is which one the Euler phi function? Yeah, the Euler phi function. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Or is it called the Euler-Toshin function? Toshin. Toshin. Yeah, there's, yeah, well, then we, yeah, we use phi. I mean, it's, phi it's, and psi are really interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, in yeah, a lot but of no, no. But I mean, it's, yeah, there's also uh, a lot of times for certain functions, it's pi of x instead. I've never seen that, and I feel dirty knowing that's happened. Uh, pi of x is used for the number of prime numbers less than a value x. Yep. Yeah, that interesting. Yeah, uh, I, now, but the Minkowski question mark function is represented with question mark of x. <laughs> question mark open parentheses <laughs> x close parentheses. I am and, fascinated. I've got to see this. I okay, got to know. And what this we is. are we are ending on that note because we are not possibly topping that for so for Sean Brecklin, Cody Palmer. I'm Samuel Hanson. This has been Combinations and Permutations, and I hope that you continue listening. Uh, not not necessarily to this episode, even though I'm about to do an outro, which you should probably listen to because there'll be some information in there. I hope you listen to later ones that, that I record. Uh, this, is, this is really petering out in a very terrible way. Goodbye. So that is it for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. If you have any feedback or you just want to tell me how much you absolutely hate me, I'm still looking for more emails with the subject line, I listen and I hate you. You can send me an email, samuel at acmescience.com. If you want to know more about the topics that we discussed on today's show, head on over to acmescience.com. Find the blog entry for this podcast. The intro and outro music is from SP12. You can find them over at opsound.org. This podcast is a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike licensed podcast, which means you can do a lot of things with it. And if you want to know exactly what you can do, head on over to Creative Commons. You can find out there. There. You can also support them. Give them some money. I do. Makes you feel good inside.
So I want to thank you all for listening and make sure to stay through the end of this outro because there's a very special Combinations and Permutations remix coming up. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot, 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 robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here. Uh, I suppose an obligatory robot penis joke is in order here.